welcome to Archery Country Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Archery Country Podcast. This is your host, Wade Grinegar, and we're in Rogers Studios, Suite uh, 101 again. Rocking and rolling, and we got a pretty cool podcast, especially as we're right in the heat, the thick of early season, a lot of out west hunters, uh, some success stories already filtering through the shops, and we got a, our, our whitetail season is right around the corner. We got North and South Dakota that is open here in the Midwest, and we're talking to a, uh, an awesome dude from a company when we talk broadheads it is such a huge area to cover such a plethora of options some are good some are terrible some are awesome and we're glad to have from grim reaper broadheads we have our national sales manager mr matt bateman how you doing matt good how are you doing today wade we're doing phenomenal it's a beautiful day get that fall feeling going on yep and then uh, we have the store manager, Dan Block, on the right of me, and also Jack Opatz. Howdy. Howdy. You guys are so enthusiastic this morning. I love it. <laughs> I don't even know what you're staring at, but you're so enthusiastic. Staring outside of the blue sky. Uh-huh. Soon to be, soon to be covered. Matt, I got to ask you this. You're one of the, the oldest employees, if not the oldest, with Grim Reaper. Um, you have an extensive history. If you wouldn't mind taking us on a little relaxing ride, your, your life history of archery, what brought you into the uh, business, and then Grim Reaper start, kind of a history little bio, if you don't mind. Yeah, you bet. Um, I guess that's uh, a lot that goes into all of that. But, um, yeah, so like you mentioned, I am the uh, – national sales manager currently at Grim Reaper Broadhead, um, longest tenured employee at the company, um, 14 years strong. Um, the company itself, uh, is just over 20 years old. So, um, you know, five or six years into the history of the company is when I came on board and, and, uh, that those last 10, 15 years is when Grim Reaper has really blown up into who we are. So my history, um, yeah, I just grew up with a love and passion for the outdoors like a lot of us did um, from an early age. Just got super interested in archery and bow hunting and started having success doing that and, and uh, actually started in the industry just kind of shooting on staff programs with different companies and Grim Reaper was one of those. I, my first experience with the Grim Reaper, I was actually traveled out of state and was shooting a fixed blade broadhead that something happened to my bow and traveling and I just got to camp, couldn't get it to fly. And a friend handed me a couple mechanical Grim Reapers. And the only thing I could get to shoot straight in camp with, with limited tools I had. So, um, anyways, ended up hunting with them for the week and, and fell in love with them. And, and, um, kind of after that shot on a staff position for them. And I actually worked in the custom gun business for a little while. Um, for a company building custom rifles and I just, I wasn't a gun guy, I wasn't a gun hunter and, and, uh, one day I stopped by Grim Reaper to pick up some broadheads and got talking with the owner, Jay, and, uh, he mentioned, Hey, why don't, uh, you, you enjoying what you're doing at the gun company? I said, no, not really. I love bows. I don't love guns. And, and uh, that kind of started the conversation of, uh, going to work for Grim Reaper and, and, uh, here I am 14 years later. So, uh, we've traveled all over the country and the world, bow hunting and, and, 
you know, talk broadheads every single day to hundreds and thousands of customers and, and bow hunting enthusiasts. So that's really my expertise. No one on the planet knows more about Grimmer broadheads than myself. Um, and that's one thing we pride ourselves on as a company is just, uh, you know, knowing what we're talking about and knowing our products um, and uh, being able to help people out. So I'm now the father of three and got young kids just getting into bow hunting. So kind of chasing that that uh, little bit different avenue in, in my bow hunting career and and uh, just love getting outside and, and tracing critters around still. So, um, but yeah, that's a little bio on me. Grim Raper Broadheads itself, unique story. You know, the owner of the company, 20 plus years ago, Jay Lee is his name, and he uh, still the owner today. Um, he, uh, when mechanicals first really started hitting the market, he, he liked the concept, but just didn't like several things with mechanical broadheads back in the day, durability and deflection issues and and different things. So he he took and picked apart a mechanical broadhead, made a list of everything that literally he could find wrong and resolve those issues. And another unique fact to it is we're out west here and he wanted to build a mechanical back in the day that was worthy of hunting elk, which I know there's some, still to this day can be a heated topic, but he designed the original Grimmer for mechanical with the features and the durability and the penetration and, and the things to be able to go tackle something like a, an elk. Um, and uh, that's kind of where we were founded and how we started and, and uh, really has driven where we are today. We're unique as a brand, um, and, and we do things differently on, on our broadheads. So that's a quick little bio of me and the company. I love it. And one of the greatest things, and this is a huge, you don't think about it, but it's a huge selling point. When you grab a package of Grim Reaper broadheads and you look on the back, you guys are out of Provo, Utah, and the broadheads themselves is 100% made in the USA. All components proudly made and assembled right where you guys are at. Uh, there's not a lot of companies in the archery world, let alone the outdoor world, that can put that on their package. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, especially nowadays. Um, we're super proud that we not only make things in the USA, but we actually have our own um, 10,000 square foot machine shop with multiple um you know, CNC screw machines, we machine our own components. We we're hands on with everything from start to finish of the manufacturing of our own products in house, which, yeah, there are other companies out there that can throw a main USA tag on their product, but actual actually made in house in our own machine shop with ultimate and total control over, over the product and the quality and, you know, all, all aspects of, the, the manufacturing and assembly of the broadheads is really, really unique. And then on top of that, um, in today's industry being independently owned under original ownership for the past 20 plus years, um, is also super unique. How many companies have come and gone and sold to, uh, other companies and investment groups, et cetera. And every time those companies change hands, that passion, that expertise is lost where, we pride ourselves on being absolute experts on Grim Reaper broadheads and broadheads in general. You can actually call and talk to someone like me or one of our guys that, that in house, a, an actual expert on our products. 
and uh, that's pretty rare in this industry anymore. So yeah, we definitely take pride in what we do and who we are as a company. And, and uh, I think it's a big driving factor as to why people should look at shooting direct products. Couldn't agree more. And uh, as that kind of sets the tone, this has been, we didn't, what we did is we didn't, we dissected this podcast a little bit and we, we thought to ourselves, okay, we, as a pro shop, we have a ton of different broadhead companies, right? What people want. Uh, it seems like our Grim Reaper racks are always low because we're selling so many. But that brings up the topic that we walk very, very carefully around the edge is fixed versus mechanical. I think we're going to start with the fixed blade broadheads. They've been around forever. Uh, they've advancements. And when people, they come into the shop, if they want 100% advice, we have to kind of, we kind of got to break down what they're hunting. We've got to break down what their setup is. It isn't a just to grab off the shelf and go. But what have you guys done in your fixed category? First, let's run through the entire setup. Uh, we carry the Grim Reaper Micro Hades Pro Pro Series 3 blade. It's an inch and a 16th cut, 100 grain. But give us kind of the lineup of fixed blades. And then also as we dabble into that, what are we doing this day and age with bows shooting incredibly fast speeds, very, very efficient cams? Uh, what have you guys done in your advancements of broadheads to make it fit so when guys are shooting fixed blades, it's not a nightmare? Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, Grim Raper's history with fixed blades is, is uh, a, a little unique, too. We, we started with mechanical broadheads, and for years and years and years and years, uh, because that's what I explained, that the owner, he wanted to rewrite the book of how a mechanical was made. Um, but for years, you know, we were really truly known as a mechanical broadhead company, and, and that's what we had, and we always had a fixed blade kicking around our Hades, our original Hades. Um, but you know, after, you know, six, seven years ago, when we watched actually what I described earlier, we watched several, and I'm not going to throw names out, but we watched several, um, top end six blade broadhead companies, actually six blade broadheads that I respected and thought were good products. We watched them sell out, we watched the quality of the product deteriorate. We got constant calls from customers, from dealers. Man, I need to replace this this name brand broadhead that sold out. The quality is just not there anymore. They took it overseas or whatever. So, you know, we we looked, we stepped back and said, "What are we doing? We we as a company are a broadhead only brand, one of the only. We need to put some serious design and development and focus into." the fixed blade category because back then our research still showed at least you know it was almost a 50 50 split on guys shooting fixed versus mechanical and that's just not going to change um so yeah we we went to the drawing board um you know again did what we do and and looked at everything that we liked in a fixed blade design um obviously you know durability um sharpness etc but one of the biggest factors when it comes to shooting fixed blade broadhead is accuracy, um, especially like you mentioned, as bows are just getting faster and faster and faster, it, it becomes difficult to shoot fixed blade broadheads, or it can be without the bow being perfectly tuned and, and the shooter having excellent form, all those different things. So um, we wanted to design two different categories. Uh, we designed our Hades 
our, our Hades Pro line, which is a little bit bigger fixed blade broadhead um, with inch and three sixteenths cut. Um, and, but we also wanted to add what we call the micro Hades, a little bit more moderate cut diameter um, at inch and sixteenth. We could build it on an all steel design, even in a hundred grain. Um, but scaling back the cut diameter a little bit offered more forgiveness on the accuracy end with these faster boats. So it's just physics, you know, guys sit and, and discuss and argue, oh, this fixed blade doesn't fly, et cetera. Um, you know, when you add profile up front and you're pushing 300 feet per second and, you know, everything's got to come together right to get that thing to fly like a dart. So we wanted to create a line of fixed blade broadheads that out of the gate was, was fairly forgiving. Um, when it comes to accuracy, and that's where the micro Hades stems from. So we, we designed the micro Hades. We offered 100, 125, and 150 grain. Um, we offered in three and four blade configurations, and it's just been an absolute winner for us. It's been phenomenal for us. It's just one of those broadheads that just works really well. It shoots really well. And again, it's all relative to the setup being right. A guy's bow being tuned well, his arrow being spined correctly and a guy knowing how to shoot, but, but out of the gate, that micro Hades, because of the short compact design, the smaller overall cut diameter, um, you know, our, our pro series tip, our, our streamlined design on that broadhead, it just is very, very forgiving and accurate for guys that want to go that route with a fixed blade broadhead. Um, you know, and, and, uh, it's tough and, and get the job done every time. So, um, and we can uh, attest to that. And Dan, I'm going to kind of throw you on the spot you've shot fixed blade for a long time, but as stepping outside, who shoots what we'll get to that in a little bit, but you've been in this business for 12 years, as far as tuning bows set up. One of the, the cool features here at archery country is we're very open to help guys over the phone. And we also offer the ability to broadhead tune in house and we can sit here and doctor it up and sugarcoat it as much as we want. But when we see a guy come in, that's, 29 and a half to 30 inches shooting 305 feet per second and they they throw their arrows on the rack and okay i want you guys to tune my fixed blade broadheads we'll go bold legged and cross-eyed trying to figure it out there are certain products especially grim reaper that we can grab that is going to ease the situation what do you see dan as far as, as the fixed blade, why are, why are these so easy for us to kind of work around that tuning? And, of course, when I say this, a disclaimer, shooting form is a very, very important issue. Having a properly tuned bow, which is our job, if you're going to do it yourself, ask and then go. But wh- why are these, Why are especially the micro Hades, what we carry in the shop, why do we see them so much <clears throat> more and why is it so much easier? I think it's overall feral design, personally. I think that's... Yeah. Right, what helps the most it's a little bit a little bit shorter than you know some of the xyz brands where they have a super long ferrule long blades they just don't fly as good but again that also comes down to um correct arrow too there's a lot of guys that come in here they just want to buy a pack of broadheads and they just don't believe that their arrow setup is wrong and they want us to basically tune that broadhead perfect and at the end of the day you need to have kind of a be ready for anything because a lot of times, you know, I'd say overall spine is not correct when people right. come in here too. So, but no, I, I would agree for, for 
fixed bra- fixed blade broadheads. The micro Hades is probably one of the better designs out there. I I love the the chisel tip design. Uh, Matt and Jack, you know this as well. The ferrule. We talk about the blades, the components that work together. Was that was that a trial and error deal? When you guys obviously you're all bow hunters and you're shooting in the shop and and you have that advancement. How many times or how many broadheads did you have to make before you kind of settled on that design? Um, it's kind of interesting if you got if you look at the, you know, look at, and there's a lot of proprietary information, but we literally have dozens and dozens of broadhead designs drawn up, um, on you know, and 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 generated and some are written on paper and some are on the computer and, and we've, we've made multiple different prototypes and, and played with a lot of different products. So, I mean, we literally, we literally go through dozens of designs and we have products we've played with for 10, 15, 20 years that we've never put on the market. Um, just cause the timing wasn't right or, or, or other, other reasons. Right. But so, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to even put a number on it, but there's a lot of trial and error that goes into it. Um, we've changed just, just looking at the pro tip. It took, us, you know, that, that design has literally been since day one at Grim Reaper. We had the original razor tip on our broadheads and years later we came out with a razor cut, more of a cut on contact design. Um, and then for the last, at least the last 15 years, um, the owner, and I had discussed and discussed and we wanted to make the perfect tip that was both durable but could be razor sharp. And and that's, I mean, it literally took a decade for us to fine-tune the pro tip that's on all of our pro series broadheads, including the Micro Hades. Um, and we actually hand-sharpen every one of those uh, to get that sharpness that we want but yet still maintain the durability of that pro tip. So, um it's uh, pretty, pretty labor intensive, and there's a lot that goes into it, and, and we're constantly playing and tinkering, and some of these things you see come to market, we've been playing with for five, ten years. So, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot that goes into it behind the scenes to bring that final product that really just works good. And I think that's something that consumers can respect, especially the guys that have any machining background or anything as far as dynamic yeah, let's just say it. There are some archers that take they go down the rabbit hole extensively, and they have their arrow builds right, and they they are spine dynamic spine and static spine, and they figured it all out. And you see it obviously here in the Midwest. It's fifty fifty, like you say, from fixed blade to mechanicals. Uh, I really don't. I I really I shoot mechanicals. I'll just I say it. I've shot them forever. I I've switched from brands to brands. I got turned on when I started the shop here. Jake Schlungen, the owner, and Dan. We started. We actually, you guys made us a a turkey broadhead that was a hundred and twenty five grain four blade whitetail special look right. to it. And uh, the first bird that I shot with that, literally, you know, usually you shoot them and they'll go thirty yards and then pop a feather down and wing beat and they're done. This bird, I don't know if it was the impact, I don't know if it was the bow that Dan sold me or what all happened, but it literally jumped up in the air and it died. And since then, I have shot from mini mags to the whitetail specials to, we don't carry those broadheads anymore. But that, I, I shoot mechanicals. 
I think a lot of us here in the shop shoot mechanicals besides two or three guys, but they're very open to it. But I think as a consumer, when you are going to shoot a fixed blade, there are certain things that you need to look at, which Matt and Dan have already looked at the tip, the ferrule design, the blade design. And you were talking about hand sharpening and the blades and the tips on that. Is there a certain degree that you guys are running on your blade? You know, there's are, there are some kamikaze gurus out there that'll sharpen these to a certain, I don't even know. This is how stupid I am on, on blades, but if I said 30 degree and 30 degree or 60 degree, is that, you know, are you guys concentrating on something? What are your machines set up? Why are these so damn sharp? You know, the, so the tip itself, the sharpness is because of, if you look at the tip design, that the machining is actually V notched. Um, the facets of that tip are actually V notched in on the three facets of the pro tip. So that allows, the tip to come to a really fine point and, and the edges to come to a good sharp edge for a tip. And then we hand sharpen them. Actually we've customized, well, we have a couple different, um, commercial grade, um, belt grinders that we have someone that that's their job all day long is to sit and hand sharpen pro tips on the belt grinder. Um, but, uh, the, the fixed blade blades themselves, I believe, and, and this may be a little off, but, um, the, the final hone angle on that edge is around 40 degrees. Um, but the, one of the, the things that sets our blades apart is yes, they're sharp, but we, we design our blades to feel sharp for sure out of the package. But even more importantly than that, to still hold a true edge after passing through an animal. So you can thin a blade out or, or sharpen it on a really fine angle with cheap steel, et cetera, and you shoot and the instant it contacts something, that blade edge rolls over and, and you're essentially punching a, a dull blade the whole way through the animal. But what you'll find with Crim Reapers, they don't. They usually you can shoot them through something and that edge still feels good and sharp and that's the key to a good blade. It comes down to the, the quality of the steel, obviously, and then the angle that they're sharpened. We don't want to get them too thinned out um, where it just rolls over on impact and, and then you're pushing a dull blade through. So um, just do that. Well, next time you shoot an animal, fill your blade. They usually feel pretty dang good compared to a lot of our, our competitors, and that's the real key to a good quality blade. And Dan and I, we argue off and on as a, fu- a fun, friendly argument, poking at each other. Uh, I asked Dan the other day, I said, why, why a fixed blade? Why are we selling so many fixed blades? And he brought up a point that I, you know, in my mind or in most archers mind, and I think we can all agree at the four of us here, a pass through is what we want an entry hole and an exit hole. Am I right guys? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what if, what if and Dan brought this up? He goes, what happens if you do hit an off shoulder where you're a quarter and away and you, you center punch at 12 ring, but you're hitting the off shoulder, you get through the scapular rib bone and that broadhead is still in there and your animal is hemorrhaging and he's moving. If the blades are not sharp after they entered the first set of the hide, the skin, the hair, the bone, any deflection whatsoever, if your blades are not rigid, they're not going to cut either a pass through or if they're stuck in there. And when Dan brought that up, you know, I kind of sat back and I went, I'll be damned if he's not right. You know, it makes a ton of sense. <laughs> Especially, I push fixed blades. If I have a, a, a lady or a younger gentleman or even an older gentleman that shoots low poundage, short draw length, 
you know, a little bit weaker spined arrow, a fixed blade, cut on contact, chisel tip setup, that's going to be my go-to because we're not robbing right. any kinetic energy. Right. So, if you don't mind, I want to touch on a couple things there. Um, great point. And, uh, you know, what Dan said is, is really true. Um, there's give and takes, right, to fix the mechanical um, on both ends. I'm a, I'm a mechanical guy. I shoot mechanicals exclusively, religiously, even out west here on big game animals. But when I say that, you can't just generalize mechanical broadheads. There are so many different, even in my lineup, there's so many different cut diameters and blade angles and things that go into how a broadhead performs. So you're, you're right. As far as just straight up penetration, a fixed blade will out penetrate most of the time. Not necessarily because it's fixed, because generally it's smaller and generally it's got a more swept back blade angle. Two giant factors when it comes to penetration. Sure, there's a little bit of energy involved with deploying blades with our system, very minimal, but but normally it's, it's based off of total blade surface and blade angle. Those are, are two giant factors in penetration. And absolutely, you leave a broadhead in an animal, to me that's one of the negatives to a mechanical, even though I'm a diehard mechanical guy, you leave it in an animal, the mechanical blades retract, and that's by law in most states. You, you can't have a mechanical broadhead where the blades lock open because it's then, then considered a barbed broadhead. So they have to retract close to a certain degree um, so that, that it can pull out of the animal. Um, a fixed blade left inside an animal as it runs off is going to do more damage and keep cutting and, 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 you know, keep working for you. So that's one, one win I'll give to the fixed blade category for sure. Um, you know, is if you leave it in the animal. So like you said, low poundage, um, kids, women, et cetera, where that's a high probability, um, you know, great option. But, on the flip side, a mechanical broadhead, there's a couple things that you can't argue. It gives you one accuracy and forgiveness, um, especially out of speed setups. You know, even I, I rub shoulders with some of the best shooters in the world. And they will all tell you, even a good quality, low profile fixed blade broadhead, when they're, when they're real world shooting out at 60, 80 yards, whatever, with a little breeze or whatever, they are handicapped to some degree mm -hmm. by a fixed blade head. It's physics. It's got more profile, right? So there, there's you, you got to give that win to a mechanical broadhead that it is absolutely a good quality mechanical is more accurate, more forgiving. You can maybe get away with the guy that that you were describing earlier that thinks his spine's correct and it's not. His spine's too weak on his arrow for his setup, whatever. You can maybe for, get away with that with a mechanical where you are not with a fix. So there are scenarios where both of them shine. I'm a personally, I'll just say it, I'm a moderate cut mechanical broadhead guy. I like a mechanical broadhead like you guys sell the Mini Mag and the Pro 3. Those are my two. Three blade inch and straight or the Mini Mag inch and a quarter. They're moderate size mechanical, so I still maintain durability that I want, but I still maintain the penetration I want, but I get a little bit more cut diameter out of them than a fixed blade. Um, you know, that, that's personally my, my go-to. Now, when you go to something great big like the Whitetail Special, 
it is designed for that. It's designed for whitetail hunting, you know, 20, 30, 40 yards, controlled circumstances, ground blinds, tree stands, taking it, picking your shot angle, shooting them in the ribs. It's huge. It's devastating. It does an awesome job. That's what it's designed for. Um, but you do sacrifice penetration because it's a, a two-inch cut three-blade broadhead with three inches of total blade surface versus like the micro Hades three-blade, which is like 1.8 inches of total blade surface. So you're talking a significant difference in blade surface. And then the Whitetail Special, when the blades are deployed, has a 50-degree blade angle. It takes a lot more energy to push that blade angle through, where the micro Hades has a 30-degree swept-back blade angle. You know, there's broadheads on both ends of the spectrum, and they both do great at certain things. Hit an animal back in the paunch or the liver, I like that bigger cut. If I hit an animal up forward in the shoulder, the micro 80 is going to give you the best chance. So you've got to decide what's your setup, what works best for you, what are you after? Are you okay with you square one up in the shoulder? You're not going through, and, and, and you live with that. That's a bad shot on your part. Or do you want to set your setup up to be able to do that more likely? And, and that's the micro Haiti, you know? So there, there's so many factors that go into choosing a broadhead and there's not a one size fits all. I, I'm a middleman. I, I'm, um, inch and three, eight pro sweat blade angle, moderate cut. You'll penetrate really good. I can get through some hard stuff. You know, I mean, that, that's what, what I personally shoot. I love it. Okay. This is a little bit, a little bit off subject, but um, so a lot of people that shoot Grim Reapers, they might be a little bit freaked out the first time that they shoot a target, and they're going to see the blades are going to be retracted back in once it shoots at the target. Can you explain just overall, um, the, you know, those blades are going to fold back just by the centrifugal by, force right. and yep. friction? Yeah, that's a. Yeah, that's a great thing to bring up. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I don't think in, in the last 14 years, I don't think I have not fielded a phone call from a customer or first-time user or whatever. My broadhead didn't open, you know, whether it's on a target or on an animal or whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure I've, I've had that discussion almost every day. And we've, we've, we've actually gone as far as putting images on our packaging um, you know, YouTube videos, et cetera. But, but the way our broadheads are designed and work on a unique proprietary internal spring system, there's no bands or O-rings, but those blades are, are closed and stay closed with the spring. It's kind of like the shock on your truck. Um, when you hit something, that spring compresses, those blades kick back, the blades open. Um, but that spring now is compressed, and, and those blades are wanting to retract that closed um, they'll lock open by hand, but when you shoot them, say, into a target, you know, for one, if it goes internal in the target and you pull it out, the blades are going to retract when you pull it out. But if it shoots through the backside of your target, your, bar, your broadhead sticking out the back of your target, um, the energy, the rapid deceleration, you're shooting 300 feet per second, and that arrow's coming to a dead stop in a matter of, of inches, right? Basically, it's like yeah, slamming the cars onto your brake. Right. It, it, it's flinging those blades back close. Inertia is always um, going to take over. Yeah, right. inertia is going to take over. 
and and we actually have slow motion footage on our website showing that through ballistic gelatin. I mean, even before the arrow just stops, as soon as it's decelerating, slowing down, inertia takes over, and those blades are already swinging back into the closed position. Mm-hmm. So if guys don't want to believe that, put a clean sheet of paper on the back of your target, and you'll see that when the blades come through, they're all fully deployed. Very, very common. No, uh, even on an animal, you, you know, you'll shoot through an animal at times and find your broadhead closed or one blade closed or two blade closed or three blade closed. By no means is that an indication that the broad had been open. It's just inertia. It's that arrow slowing down. It punches through the ribs of the hide on the offside and, and, and those blades automatically want to, you know, as the arrow slows down, close back up. Very common, very common question and concern we get. There are, there are physical indications on the broadhead that actually show that it, it opened, those blades open up and hit into that steel collar and leave marks and indications on the collar and the blades, et cetera. I can tell you after a lot of experience in shooting a lot of animals, if you take your, your mechanical broadhead, your germ reaper mechanical, when you put them on your arrow, if you open and close each blade by hand, and, and you can open them with a minimal amount of resistance. When you close them, they kind of click back closed. They essentially are fail-proof. We, we try to keep them closed. I put, I tie 50-pound fishing test on them. I super glue them. We try to force them to stay shut. We've actually tried to design features to turn your broadhead into a practice broadhead, and we can't because those blades, after a couple shots, just rip whatever you put on there open. So it's very difficult to keep those blades from deploying, and we've tried many things. So, um, But, yeah, they, they will shut. If you pull out of something, they will close. And like I explained earlier, that's by law. They have to retract that close so they can pull out or they're considered barbed. So thanks for that question. That's a great, great one. Yep. Yeah, it happens every every time that somebody comes back in. Uh, they do it. I, I we do have. Well, I don't want to save this till later because I'll forget about it. But a gentleman came in the other day and he bought the Pro Series uh, three blade, and then he came back in and he wanted to try the mini mags. And his question was, why do the Pro Series have the black collar and you know, down on the the base of the feral you know holding our blades intact and then like our whitetail specials and our mini mags have the silver is there a distinguished is that just for the pro or is it a difference no that that's actually a great question so um uh, earlier i referenced blade angle yep which is which is just a, a a bigger factor to how a broadhead performs than most people realize the more sweat back the blade angle, the more you're slicing rather than chopping through something and the more bumped out the blade angle, blade angle is. Yeah. It causes more devastation, but it, you're, it robs a lot more energy and, and also puts a lot more stress and torque on the components. So we offer in our mechanical line, um, we have a lot of different broadheads, but we actually have two different blade angles, um, in, in our model and anything with a, Silver collar, any broadhead grim reaper make mechanically with a silver collar has a 50 degree blade angle when the blades are open. Um, anything with a black collar, like the Pro 3 blade, has a more, little bit more split back 40 degree blade angle. So the blades actually open further and a more split back angle. So the Inching 3.8 3 blade, it's one of the reasons I love that broadhead so much, is it has a 
swept back 40 degree blade angle, which is getting comparable to, or the same as a lot of fixed blades out there. Um, whereas the mini mag and the white tail special are a little bit different design. They have a slightly more bumped forward blade angle, um, at 50 degrees. And that's why they have the silver collars. So a lot of our competitors out there, blades are bumped clear out to like 60, 65, even flatter. And, and that just, man, you're, you're chopping versus slicing. And it just takes a lot of energy to do that and, and puts a lot of, lot of torque on the components and, and causes a tug of war against your, you know, so you got one blade out there at a flat blade angle hits a rib and it, it's wanting to deflect, kick your arrow side to side. It just creates a, a lot of resistance. And, uh, that's why the, the, you know, the flat, the more sweat blade angle you got, the better it's going to penetrate period. We, uh, I don't, we, we were going to, on our script here, we have tuning and we're going to dive into, we were going to dive into that, but I don't, I don't, well, let's just say it right up front. <clears throat> you, because Matt's already talked about it, Dan has tuning with a mechanical is virtually nothing. If you wanted me to be upfront and blunt with you, one of the easiest tuning mechanical broadheads is the mini mag or the pro series three blade. We can throw them on. If guys are struggling over in the range, we can throw them on. And they just shoot. Same with long distance. They like a half fly. inch, right? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, we don't really have to go down that wormhole um, as tuning. Fixed blades, as we touched on it, the, there is, I absolutely stand behind this. There is no broadhead in the market, Thrib Grim Reaper or any other broadhead out there, that is identical to your field point. Whoever came up with that slogan thought they were a salesman of the year. It does not happen. <laughs> a field point is anywhere from a half inch to three quarters inch long. And it's usually matched up five sixteenths to nine thirty seconds if you're shooting smaller diameter arrows. It is not the same. You have Correct. surface area on a mechanical. You have more surface area on a fixed blade. They're going to create more drag. They're going to intensify your flaws on your tune. So you have to shoot them. Now, the guys that come in and say, man, I, I only can spend 40 bucks, $44, and I want a pack of broadheads. Well, Grim Reaper in a mechanical line, you get four of them. So then burn one of them, use it, or buy two packs. If there is one thing really, that... Uh, you're talking value. Yeah. yeah. Four, four broadheads, and they're all made in America. Exactly. I mean, you can't... So, it, by all means, shoot the broadhead. And then if you have to do any little bit of rest movement or cam, you know, swapping or, or shifting over, do it. But if I say one thing off this podcast, shoot the broadhead. Yeah. Shoot the broadhead. Yep. Hundred percent. I can actually detune my bow intentionally, and I can still shoot a decent groove with a field mm, point. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you know, but you, you throw a even a small fixed blade on, and good luck. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, a, a field point has zero profile in flight. It's not attempting to steer the front of your arrow whatsoever. Your arrow flight dictated by you're fletching, right? Um, and even if it comes off the bow, see you wampus, those fletchings will correct it. And, and I, I can shoot a good group with a detune, intentionally detune bow with a field point. You throw on a fixed blade and it's exaggerated. Even a mechanical broadhead is going to exaggerate more than a field point if there's a tuning issue. So absolutely check your, 
you know, go to your pro shop, go into archery country, get your bow tuned correctly, and that'll save you a lot of heartache. Make sure you're shooting the right arrow for your setup, um, and then you can take and shoot what you want. But um, but you still need to go throw them down range. And I, I laugh, and I'm not making light of guys, you know, wanting to uh, save money. But I talk to guys all the time, and they're dumping thousands of dollars into their hunting trip, and they're worried about a $10 broadhead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, exactly. It's, it's the most vital thing you're going to do is hit that deer in the right spot with a good quality broadhead or that elk or that whatever hunt you're going on. So do it right, get set up right. Um, and, and the cool thing is, like, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this on air, but I shoot the same head year after year after year. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to put a lot of effort into shooting broadheads anymore because I've done that and I've done that and I've done that. Um, I put a lot of effort into my bow being tuned well, my arrow being correct and me knowing how to shoot and, and throwing on a pro inch and three or a mini mag becomes the easiest thing as my overall preparation. It really does. What are you going to hunt with this year, Matt? Uh, I am rocking the Pro 3 Inch and 3 8. Uh, I've already started hunting. Actually, I was uh, on the mountain all day yesterday. Jason Muley's around here, and I, um, I'm shooting the Pro Inch and 3 8 uh, west here. Um, and then when I, I'm, I'm actually, I know people have a, a minor heart attack here, but I'm going uh, on a Canadian moose hunt here in a couple weeks. Mm, and I'm going to shoot it with a pro three inch and three eight mechanical. Um, nice. boy. Have all the, have all the confidence in the world in it. I've shot a lot of elk and a lot of big critters with it. Um, and then I actually have been shooting the mini mag a lot when I come back whitetail hunting. Um, I come back to the Midwest every year. and I've actually been flip flopping between the two on a lot of my hunts. They both perform really well for me um, and give me a little bit different features. And, and those are the two heads I'm personally shooting, the Pro 3-inch and 3.8 3-blade and the Mini Mag. Jacko, what are you shooting this year? Uh, I'll be shooting the Mini Mag. Um, I had really good luck with it a couple of years ago, and I don't ever plan on shooting anything else. Um, Matt, I had a question. You got all these guys who are worried about tucking up against the front shoulder with broadheads. Do you have any experience of like you, you know, with a let's say an expandable just catching like some bone and what happened? Yeah, uh, two things on that. One, I'm a I don't tuck on the front shoulder. I'm a middle lung kind of guy, even middle to back lung kind of guy. I think that gives me my my best result, but. I have, I have clipped shoulders, um, actually gone through scapulas multiple times, mostly on the exit side with the pro three inch and three eighths. Um, again, it, it just comes down to cut diameter and blade angle. I know we're probably running short on time, but I want to throw this out there because it's really, really important. We're going to compare the inch and three eighths three blade and the white tail special. Inch and three eight three blade, three blade inch and three eight has just almost exactly two inches of total blade surface. When you push it through a piece of paper, it cuts approximately two inches of paper. 
where the whitetail special is a two blade, or I mean a two inch three blade. So you push it through a piece of paper, the total blade surface is three inches, a full inch more. And then on top of that, you're throwing in a little flatter blade angle on the white tail special at 50 degrees versus the sweat back blade angle on the ancient straight at 40 degrees. So you're talking an inch more flatter blade angle. The odds of with the average setup of punching through heavy bone with the white tail special is significantly lower than the ancient straight just because of the design. I've shot through scapular bones multiple times and it's all relative to where you hit on the scapular bone, you know, there's spots that it's easy to punch through and other spots that it's not. But if you're going to, if you're that guy that wants to tuck tight and you're messing with the shoulder constantly, scale it down a little bit on your cut because a big, huge cut and flat blading is going to get you in trouble at some point. Um, if you're, if you're mentally that guy that, that comes back three or four ribs and middle lung and, and you're more likely to maybe hit one in the liver or the paunch than ever forward, then that's where those big, huge cut diameters are, are key. So when you select a broadhead, think about how you hunt. Think about what shot placement you feel good and, you know, set your broadhead up accordingly. It, you know, a more moderate cut, smaller cut broadhead is going to have a better chance of busting through heavy bones than a bigger cut. It's just physics. Right. Answered it perfectly. I like that setup. Mechanicals fixed. There's always going to be guys that go half and half. <clears throat> there's no uh, there's no right or wrong reason. We can't sit here and push. There's benefits, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, to each. They have very, very few negatives. They have a ton of positives on either side that you go with. If you If you are a guy that, if you hug the shoulder, <laughs> I'd say just... I just work on your shot. You know, I've, obviously it works. We all can sit here and pound 3D targets out to 80 and say that we're ready and, and we're good, and then you get out there and things change. It's, it's funny how your mind is, works differently when that shot opportunity sets up. Uh, we're going we're gonna to attach some photos. Uh, we talked a little bit about Jack's buck that he shot. It's here in the shop, and we're going to attach some photos of that mini mag. When he showed me that picture, I... I I actually called him a liar, but then he showed me the broad. It is just a huge, huge, and that deer didn't go. It, it went uh, about 50 yards. Yeah, and it's a huge buck. Uh, our owner, we've we've dabbled on his buck that he shot last year on opening morning. That was with a whitetail special. But like you're saying, he diagnosed his hunt, his situation. He knew that he wasn't going to shoot over 50 yards. The whitetail special gave him the biggest cut. He shoots a lot of poundage. He shoots 30 and a half inch, 31 inch draw length. Um, and he stays away from the shoulder. He so. does. And that one, he, he tucked. It, it was like you, like Matt was saying, he was just a couple ribs back. Mm-hmm. And that deer didn't, he kind of went off and then in, but it was 80 yards if you actually zoned it out on Onyx. Um, you're going out west this year. Yep. I don't I'll know if you. will be shooting that inch and 3A's. The Pro Series. Mm-hmm. Okay. The mini mags have worked. I, I lo- absolutely love them. Uh, the pro series have caught my eye on a three bit. I just, I think more blades is better. I, I can sit here and argue and, and talk to customers all day long. Give yourself some more op- opportunity. Um, they're extremely tough. There's a broadhead put in the right spot's going to kill. That's just the, the, there's no way around that. But, uh, I think, I think we kind of got everything we set up. We did have one other question, but we answered it already on Instagram. 
And then there's a few questions on Instagrams that we're not going to put out here because people don't think when they're behind a keyboard. Uh, like <laughs> you're saying. But uh, they did the one question that we do have. He has shot mechanical Grim Reapers for the last six years. Uh, he shoots right now. He's got a razor tip. I don't even know what broadhead that is. We had a special order. I mean, yep. razor tip. Yeah, our original razor tip. He wants to know, and I, and if you cannot answer this, we completely respect that. He wants to know if there's ever an opportunity for a titanium broadhead slash rear, yeah, rear deploy, rear deploy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, great question. We, like I said, we look at all these options nonstop. We have dozens and dozens of designs that have not hit the market. Some never will and some will. Um, I can tell you that rear deploy designs do exist in our lineup. Um, we, as a company, we're not going to put something on the market unless we feel it is the best and we feel it's something that will, you know, if we were, if we, if and when Grim Reaper comes out with the rear deploy, it's going to be something we feel will outperform anything that exists, including in our own line. Um, or, or have some added features. We have some cool concepts along those lines. We just haven't got it to a point where it's ready. But in this last couple of years, is with COVID and everything and the demand in our industry and, and manufacturing challenges has brought a lot of R&D to a, a screeching halt. But, yeah, I would say the odds are really high in the future. Grim Reaper will have a rear deploy mechanical but, you know, I, I say that with a little bit of reservation because there's things that our, our current mechanical designs offer that you cannot do. Like take the mini mag, right? You cannot make a rear deploy four blade mechanical broadhead that's short, stout, compact, gives you a four blade cut, two and a half inches of total blade surface. Like that doesn't exist. So there's reasons that our, our current design and setup and system have taken us this far is because it does open doors that you can't do. But, but yeah, rear deploy, something we're looking at, something we're playing with. Um, that's kind of as much as I'll say there. Yep. Titanium, again, it, it's something we have looked at. Um, it's a nightmare to machine. Right. Uh, in-house with, you know, and, and, and causes a lot of hazards almost all titanium broadheads made come from overseas, which we're not willing to do. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. But it, it, it is a manufacturing nightmare. And, and honestly, we weigh it out as far as if the benefits of us doing a titanium broadhead outweigh those risks. And so far, we just haven't come up with the design that really, we, we get asked that fairly yeah. regularly, but, but no, I mean, right now that's not something we've, we've, we've looked at a little bit, but not something we're in the works on just because of those things I mentioned. So. Super cool, man. And the, the awesome part about your company, like we talked about America made and right on the back of the broadhead, it says text or call gives your phone number. You can get an email. You can send over there uh, to ask us at grim You guys are very open uh, to everything. You can answer questions. If guys have tuning, questions on a particular broadhead or like you're saying if they have questions their very first time to the mechanical series you can't say 
it physically impossible, but it basically is physically impossible for the mechanicals not to open. The the fear yeah. ten years ago is gone. I would shoot it at an elk. I'd sh- you're going to shoot it at a moose, or a sheep, caribou, big game, and mechanical is a definite definite deal nowadays. And the right mechanical. The right the mechanical. Right mechanical. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and like you say, and, and the, another great thing, pick up a package of broadheads and just look on the back. You know, like for example, I got a Pro Series Whitetail Special 2-inch. On the back, it says deer, bear, and turkey. That's what this broadhead is recommended for with at least 65 pounds of kinetic energy. It's You're not hiding anything. You're not trying to cover anything up. If I opened up you know, the package of, of Grim Reaper Micro Hades Pro on the back. We got deer, bison, grizzly, elk, moose. And it goes anything. through that. Yeah, anything. Pretty much anything. Uh, turkeys, that's a big thing. And, and I think Grim Reaper makes one of the best turkey broadheads. It's not labeled as a turkey broadhead. You put that whitetail special through a turkey and life's over, you know, for them. Right. And chop their head off, whatever you wanted to do. It's all good. But, man, you Matt, you've been an awesome, awesome guest on there we appreciate it we've been pushing the broadheads and we, we look forward to the future with the company and uh, if there's anything else we can do for you let us know and customers you can come in the shop ask any of our three locations wait park brainerd or right here in rogers or again get online uh, we do have an ask the experts uh, column on there and we can get to them within a couple hours we answer those questions and if it's a question we can't answer we'll just forward it on to, to matt and his team and they'll take care of it yeah you bet guys thanks a bunch we we appreciate all you do, and and uh, been a blast talking with you guys. And and yeah, like you said, just if you don't know the answer, go ask one of the experts. And uh, we're, we're we're super transparent on our end. We're, we're diehard bow hunters. We want guys to go have a good experience. Um, we're going to share our knowledge and our passion, and and uh, try and help everyone have the best experience they can. And, and and we have a ton of different offerings, and and we have something that fits everybody and everyone's hunting style. So. Um, yeah, thanks for all you guys do, and, and hope you guys have a stellar season, and, and let us know if we can help with anything. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. For everybody listening, thank you for tuning in to Archery Country Podcast. We'll catch you on down the road. Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast. 